0: Friends Beyond Binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my patron peeps, it's time for me to sing. I couldn't do it without you, patron peeps, really, truly, thank you so much, and what do you say we get on with the show? Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome... This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, you know, things you're thinking about on your mind, uh, thoughts... Uh, so, you know, past, present, or future thoughts, uh, thoughts of physical sensations. So, anything coming up uh, for your body, uh, like, uh, or feelings, anything emotionally coming up for you. Uh, whatever it is that's giving, it could be changes in schedule. Like, when I'm recording this, uh, not to do TMI, but oh boy, am I having it, one of those. Uh, weeks and it's a week leading up to springing forward hopefully you'll be hearing this in the summertime or something but i, I do not want to spring ahead because my sprung is already it, like i don't know if it, my springs do not have any tensile strength anymore but i roll with it i mean the one thing i learned by making this show is hey take it easy okay can't fall asleep eh? Okay, what can we do? Can we stay calm? That's always the first question I, can, I ask myself. Uh, can we take a breath here? Can we rest? Uh, should we change it up? Or should we get out of bed? Anyway, enough about me, because really, whatever's keeping you awake is why I'm here right now. I can relate to what's keeping. I mean, that's what I, my main point about that. But whatever is keeping awake, I'd like to take your mind off of that. What I'm going to do is try to create a safe place here where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake, uh, whether it's, uh, oh, wait, I already said that. Then I'll send, so what I'll do is I'll send my voice across the deep dark night and I'll use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. Oh, so creaky are my dulcet tones. Just another sign of my imperfection. You see, how do you know that, like how do you judge the fallibility of a sleep podcaster? You say, well, I guess on the on the great old, the old uh, creak, creaky scale, Scoots is on the, uh, the, he's on the creaky side of Dulcet. Uh, I think he wrote, that was one of the many books he never wrote, uh, multiple times. And he was, that's how he also got banned from Waffle House. uh Really, he got banned from Waffle House. Yeah, he started ordering his eggs on the, on the creaky side of Dulcet, uh, and they said, you, what? Uh, and he said, yeah, I'll take my eggs down the creaky side of Dulcet. And it actually caused like a backup on everybody's order because they said, I think this young man's serious. Uh, and then they went back and they had a conference Then they called the corporate office. And, the, you know, on the big, the waffle phone, which is only for, you know, Waffle House emergencies, which in this case is breakfast related. And they said, Corporate HQ, what's going on? And they they said, uh, we got somebody here with an order we, that's uh, incomprehensible. And they said, inconceivable? And they said, well, not inconceivable. I guess we can't comprehend it, so we don't know if we can conceive it. Uh, and they said, well, what kind of waffle did this young person order? And they said, well, young person was just a polite way. He was describe himself... Uh, in the third person, but he ordered, a. he didn't order waffle. I said, okay, okay, really went to waffle house. He didn't order waffles and said, well, yeah, I mean, of course, uh, okay. What did he order? He ordered his eggs with on a creaky side of dulcets, and, uh, he just, just said it. And then he said it again and we said, that's how you want your eggs. He said, Yeah. And we didn't we didn't ask him to elaborate because it was he was so confident. So we're just wondering if you have anything in in the big the big WH uh, da- database, you know, in the history of the WH, uh, any of the old cookbooks or corporate secret, you know, vaults. Uh, anything on the creaky side of Dulcet with as far as an order goes, has it been happened? has it never happened before? I'll tell you what. Uh, As a matter of fact, I can't get into the history of the belief systems of the Waffle House, but I can tell you that this was predicted. One day I was out on a hike, and uh, I came across a cabin, and I got to get to the point, but the person in the cabin told me, one day you'll get an order from a restaurant. Uh, One day you'll be working in Waffle House HQ. You'll get an order that makes no sense at all. And... uh, like, uh, you'll, you, you don't buy, don't bother with it. Just tell him to order something else. Okay. We'll do that. You tell him he's supposed to, he's not, tell, tell the customer he's not actually in a waffle house and he's not actually ordering breakfast. He's a, he's supposed to be starting the intro to a sleep podcast. Is that what the person in the cabin told you? Yes. It was a wise uh, woman. And she told me to tell him. To get back to the intro. Okay, sorry, everybody. It, we, we drifted off there. Uh, so, I'm gonna say, oh, whatever's keeping me awake, I'd like to take your mind off that. Send my voice, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, and superfluous tangents. I think we just got a dose of that. So I'm going to go off topic to keep you company while you fall asleep. But the thing is, a couple things about this show. One is, it doesn't really put you asleep. sleep. I'm more here to keep you company while you fall asleep. That's why the episodes are over an hour. So you have plenty of time to drift off. And even if you can't sleep, I'll be here. I'll be here to the very end. So just kind of see how it goes. And so that's one thing. The other thing is this is a podcast you really don't listen to. It's more of a podcast you barely pay attention to. Kind of like that whole thing. You may have been listening. You say, what is this? Is this a thought experiment? Uh, uh, it, well, two, is there any belief systems based on Waffle House? I would say 100 percent guaranteed. Uh, good, everybody deserves a good breakfast, and a good breakfast every day makes everything go pretty good. For you know, Waffle House's way, if you eat there, and you know many other things. So. So so it's a podcast you kind of just barely pay attention to. Is uh, So don't really listen. You don't like, uh, you kind of just, uh, just like you say, what is he babbling about? And it, you might be new, you might say that, and you say, oh. And then if you become a regular, you say, what's Scoot's babbling about? And then if you become like a super fan, you say, huh, what's Scoot's babbling about? Waffle House, I might barely listen to this one. So those are two things that for new listeners you got to get used to, and that's totally normal. Because, I mean, I I would be skeptical if I tuned into this podcast uh, and listened to it for the first three or four times uh, for sure. Then I would be more skeptical about, uh, you'd say, oh, yes, like you got to view scoots with some skepticism, but some sort of positive version of that. Where you see I'm, I'm skeptical it'll ever make any sense. Also, I wonder if the Waffle House really does have a waffle phone, or at least they might have one at HQ. So those are a couple of things. And the other thing, if you're new, that can throw you off is the structure of the show. So show starts off. It's a very unique structure because it's a very unique podcast. Uh, but everything kind of serves a purpose. So show starts off the greeting, friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So, you feel welcome and seen. Then there's business. And uh, so, there's the listener support. And then there's the sponsors that support the show. So, there's some resources for listeners. And then there's how we keep the podcast free. And so, those that's the next part. Then there's an intro. That's where it really steers, like uh, the intro is around 12 to 20 minutes long of me explaining the podcast. And so, at first, it could seem onerous. You say, what do you mean? Like, I got to sit through all this? They say, well, no, it's kind of a—it serves a purpose. Uh, the show's designed in a way. And it's definitely not for everybody, but that's why you got to give it a few tries. Like, the intro is meant to introduce a new listener to the podcast, but it has a new nonsense every single time so that the regular listener— like, so you can't adjust. Like, whatever part of you is keeping you awake— you can't get used to it and say, well, I know... <laughs> you get, people say, well, I know Scoots is going to talk about... Uh, is he going to imagine he's at a Waffle House tonight again? And, like, that may happen whenever, once every 333 episodes or something. But not much often than that. So... Oh, so but the intro also serves as a wind down for most listeners, not for every listener, I understand. But as you get used to the show, the majority of listeners start listening as they're easing into bedtime, whether that's getting ready for bed or relaxing or getting in bed and getting comfortable. Uh, versus this show is just not designed to put you to sleep instantly. For some people, it does, but not the majority of listeners. And that's great if it puts you to sleep instantly. But so it's meant to kind of ease you as a part of your bedtime routine. So you could be doing some other calming stuff. You could also adjust, like 3% of listeners skip the beginning of the show and they start the show around 20 minutes I just heard from a reviewer who said they start the show at 30 minutes, and then they set a 30-minute timer. And that's a unique way to listen. And if that works for them, so you can kind of see what works for you. I mean, if you like to listen all night or you like something like, you know, being a patron is always an option. But there's a lot of ways people adjust the show, too, that works for them with the free show. Uh, but so the intro eases you into bedtime. Then it'll be our uh, then there's business. Then it's our episodically modular story, a journey into land of to tomorrow that you can listen to in any order. This happens to be like a recap, look back episode. So a great way to start it out, or finish it, or just fall asleep to it. And then there's thank yous at the end. So that's the structure of the show. And the reason I make the show is because I've been there last night. It was, Every other night over the past uh, while, I've been there. Uh, trouble getting to sleep, oh boy, big time. And then trouble staying asleep, big time. So I know how it feels. Uh, you can probably hear it in my voice. And, and I say, okay, well, let's just get another, give it another try tonight. Uh, so I know how it feels out there. And, and like even today, I say, man, man it, like, uh, I'm more vulnerable, I feel like, uh, emotionally or mentally. When I don't get enough sleep, I can't flourish or even be, you know, you know what I mean? And so if I can help you with that, while this show does not work for everybody, I really hope it can help you because you deserve a good night's sleep and you deserve rest. Uh, I mean, just like I say to myself, it's like, okay, it's not happening right now, but we'll, we'll get through it. It'll just take it one day at a time and we'll see it. You know, we'll try to do our routine again tonight and see if that works. Uh, and so I hope sleeping could be part of your bedtime routine and help you get to sleep. It really would be, be my honor. I re- work really hard on this show. I yearn and I strive. And I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks. All right, everybody. This is Scoots here. And uh, it uh, this is a, our, normally our look back episode. where We're looking back at the series we did, Journey into the Land Tomorrow. And it's kind of where I kind of unpack stuff and look at it. I think this is going to be a two-part episode, so I'm going to talk for a little while. And then I'm actually going to try to turn it over to the DM and the players so they could look at the game. And I thought about doing it as one, but then I said, well, they might not want to know that they're fictional characters in a fictional game playing something fictional in a world that's fictional, so that might be, you know, I, I got I to gotta, I gotta think of their good night's sleeps as well. So let's see, where does it all start? So Journey into Land of Tomorrow, for those of you that are like, if you're listening now, I'm here to keep you company and put you to sleep. But if you're saying, well, I want to listen a little bit uh, as I drift off, but I didn't listen to any of that series or I didn't hear it. I listened, I, ne- I neither listened nor heard, Scoots, uh, Your voice was present in the same room as me, though. And I say, fair enough, that's my job. But, yeah, let me give you an overview of the concept uh, as it kind of came to me. and The concept, and as it kind of came to me, kind of ended up developing in the way I wanted it to. I mean, not without a lot of unforeseen things. And I think I already talked about this a little bit somewhere, but so... Right now it's 20, March 2021 when I'm recording this, and I, I started recording this, this series in 2020 at some point. I have no idea when, maybe late summer or something, but uh, or fall, I don't know. But so the idea was, well, the initial idea, or Curiosity, it, it, it was interconnected. The, all the ideas were, I don't know which idea came first, but at some point I was DMing a, a ga- game with family members, and I was like, huh, could this be an episode, like, uh, just one episode or something uh, of people playing D&D? And then I said, no, it doesn't have to quite—like, I think I even recorded a little bit of one of our games, and I said, no, nah, that doesn't really work. Uh doesn't have enough—like, uh, it would be more of a parody, and, and that's—or— like it just didn't have enough, I don't know, there to say, okay, that's a that's a gets gets greenlit by Scoots, but I said, hey, kid, I like your idea, so keep them coming. And I said, well, what if, I, if it was fictional? And I said, well, tell me more. And this part of me pitched me and said, okay, so you have a, a fictional group of friends playing a board game. And I said, I like, again, I like the idea, but I'm not quite, uh, there's not quite enough layers there for a, like, I can't see, I can't see it yet. You, you Come back to me with more. And I'm not sure which idea came back That part of, this is when I'm on my walks or taking a shower, you know, or sitting around when I'm trying to do something else or go to sleep. These ideas come up. Uh, and I'm not sure which of these two came up first, but it came up with two more ideas, uh, it said, well, what if they're not playing in our world? Or I guess maybe more than two ideas. And I said, okay, like that idea. What if they're playing in a former Walt Disney World after? And it said the same theme park, like that the girl from a theme park series is set in, but at a different time, not, her t- not the same time she's there. Because you said you really liked that uh, series, but it, and I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold the phone there. I like what you're saying. So this would be a D&D game that doesn't exist in our world at all. Any of the layers of fiction, except for the fifth edition rules. And that part of me said, yeah. So basically, they'll be in a different time. They'll be in the same world as the girl. They'll be in a non-fictional world to them. Of the, the same non-fictional world, the girl in the theme park, uh, the girl who was raised by a theme park or may have raised a theme park series, took place. This was a series you did three or four years ago. Maybe I have no idea. And it never had a title, so it's kind of hard. I think the all-night versions are on the $10, and $20 patron feed. I'm not sure. You know, I'll try to put some of this in the notes or something. I, I'm not uh, I'm not my own historian. Uh, my, my memories are history. That's not even meant to be a pun. That's just a fact. Uh, but it's also put it on a pillow. So I wonder if your synapses would say, "Say, yeah, your memories are history because we already passed them on. And then it took four microseconds. Like they're four microseconds old by the time they get to your brain, your thinking, your consciousness. And then they're another point and do two microseconds old before they get to your mouth. And most, most people's mouths, by the time they get out of your mouth, Scoots, it's a whole second has elapsed. And I say, okay, that's great uh, great to know. So anyway, back to this pitch. So, okay, so these players exist in the same universe, real universe, as the girl in a theme park. Yes, but afterwards, after everything that happened, they exist in her future. Okay, because she does something important probably in their world. Yeah. So they actually have a belief system based on her. Okay. I like that. Uh, So, does the game take place like? So, how do we? How do they play it? Like a role-playing game, though. Oh, the role-playing game takes place in the past, in their mythological past, in their mythological past. Okay, what do you tell me more? So, before she became the girl in a theme park, you know, there was a world that was ripe for change that had already changed. You know, it become it was uh, like our world. And then it became like their world. Okay, so let me back this up a little bit further. So if this was our timeline, we would be in the before time. No, like you said in the early episode, you're in the before, before time. Then this game takes place in the before time. So after your time, which is after, after our time. But before her, before her time, which was before their time, which is the after time. Okay. So could we break that into like uh do do letters uh so they're they're playing in so the time they were playing in let's we'll say it's like like fourteen it's been thousands of years. Scoot, that's probably beyond your understanding. Okay, but the the time they're playing it would be the, uh, the CT current time, right? So they're playing in fourteen CT. We'll just say sure, but it's not fourteen because that would be. Okay, I get that, but, uh, so 14 CT. Then the girl in the theme park, she existed up until probably like zero CT or something. Scoots, you're projecting your own belief system onto this belief system. You're right. You're right. You caught me there. Maybe the, okay. So basically they're playing the game in the future of a future of a future. Yeah, this is sleepy stuff, Scoots. It is. And in their past is the girl in the theme park. Her 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 present is in their past. But before she before it was their, her present, it was the past. Uh, so there's a time before her. So they're playing a game set in abandoned theme park before she arrived. Right, surrounding mythological events that may have led to her existence or to the events around her existence. Okay. So that makes sense uh, a little bit. I mean, normally games are even more for... It'd be interesting because we really don't... I'm sure there are more like... Uh, yeah, so that is interesting to me. But I guess if you have a like a formal... Like a theme park that's been abandoned... I mean, that's ripe for playing a role-playing game in. Especially if it becomes... Uh, okay, so... I like that idea. Let's make it into a series then. Okay, so how do you how do you propose narrowing the world? Should we just brainstorm and we, 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 so this is what happened? We brainstormed, and at the same time, my daughter like somewhere around this time. So this would have been twenty twenty early mid twenty twenty in my in our time that I'm talking to, but in your past, I guess, and somewhat of my past, my daughter and I took like a Khan Academy course or something like about Imagineering. And I came up with, the, like, we were supposed to come up with a, a new theme park, and I said, well, I'd rather redo Tomorrowland in Disney World. And that was also an influence to make the series, because he said, oh, well, there's a contained part of Disney World. It's too big to do this in. Just like the Sword Coast is part of for the Forgotten Realms, you say, okay, which part? of Okay, and then narrow it down even more to, like, uh, so he said, okay, we'll just set it just in Tomorrowland. And then it was cool because we got to, like, try to find some blueprints and and reimagine. I mean, of course, this is fictional, so it's not, uh, don't hold me to it. And then I was kind of basing some of the D- DMing I did in real adventures and then researching and reading a lot of adventures to say, okay, how did they do that in that adventure? And then it was kind of letting go of some of the rules, but also using the rules. And then also using the... The nice thing was, uh, with this great idea that uh, came to me from somebody, some forgotten part of me, was that it offered a lot of layers. uh, Because, okay, so we had this world-building possibility of the theme park, uh, which was part of the adventure module. Then you have whatever the crisis and uh, challenges are. And they say, okay, so it has some mystical element because we know from a girl with a theme park and we'll put some sort of time time thing on it. And they have a very clear end objective, but they have to reach, you know, they have things. There's a little Indiana Jones in there with having to get the pieces to complete their objective. So that was cool. So there was those things. Um, And then... There was like, okay, who are the characters? And then, so there's characters, and then they're doing playing role-playing. They're playing roles. So before the series started, I said, okay, here's the characters. and uh, But then I got to place the characters in this constraint where it's like, no, they're not just the characters. They're the characters playing the roles of their characters. And then also, just as I was brainstorming, I don't know how this came up, but the idea of kind of starting it... uh because, I don't know, this is one thing I learned from being a D- DM only briefly. And then, like, trying to look at stuff is, like, uh, sometimes the start of... It was better to start uh, in the action because, like, the beginning of the game, it, like, uh, it's just... There's a lot of, like, to-dos and, like, information gathering and interviews. It, it, like, it feels like a lot... Of, like, you see, how much this D&D game or even... uh Skyrim. I see. How many interviews do I got to? Con- like, what am I running an interview podcast here or on an adventure? Like those games. What are those called? Like the for, for, like video role playing games. I end up like spending. Whether it's uh, the three ones I played within the last five years have been uh, the Cowboy one, the Cowboy Part One, and the Cowboy Part Two. Never finished. I don't think I finished part two because it left to the game pass. Uh, then Skyrim, maybe oh, uh, one or two others. Um, Spaceable, whatever that recent one was in the last two years as popular. And then the outing of the, when the sky, like skyfall, fallen out. Uh, but I always end up just walking around the countryside uh because he said, well, I don't, if I go to a town, i got to do all these interviews and go open doors. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I said, okay, let's start it. And I said, that'll make sense. Because as I tried to, like one thing I learned the very hard way, way, way back, and I retested out the theory, is that uh, you have to have a limited number. It's not a m- matter of like character voices or characters. It's like stakeholders. Uh, because like, when I did Superdoll, that was our largest cast. Uh, and because it was superheroes, they kind of all had an equal stake. They were all stakeholders in each episode that they were all in. And I found that to be too many stakeholders. Like, So I said, okay, how can we keep this uh, with a limited, like a manageable amount of stakeholders, like characters or active characters or whatever you want to call it. Because if you have too many active characters, it just does, it, it's not doesn't go, it just becomes too much uh, to handle, especially like for a sleep podcast. Uh, So then I said, okay, probably four is probably the best, uh, like number. And I can remember, yeah, I can remember like in October, I think we were already recording these or September, like being like, okay, uh, this works because then I said, okay, well, one character could have a sidekick, uh, then maybe the DM has to play one of the characters. It's not a hundred percent clear if it's because then we start to think about the types of characters and the people playing them. And then it also was like the mechanism of the game role-playing game is like, okay, the cool thing is that they, if you have the right, like we got the right balance of stakeholders to have like a personal conflict or interpersonal conflict, uh, and when I say that, it sounds like sometimes I could fall in the ears the wrong way. It just means that not everything is in consensus or 100% agreement all the time. And, like, obviously, all of us know consensus building is not easy. Uh, and so, and that's, like, kind of, at least for my brief time, it's, like, unless you have a real dominant person... Like in a game, which we didn't have, uh, the players, it's more, it's better if everybody's a stakeholder and you build consensus when you can, but at the same time, every round is going to have a different level of where the people are at when they get to sit down to play the game. So I said, okay, those offer a lot of opportunities for meanders, for, for like going and like taking it like for zooming in and zooming back out, uh, for speeches i mean you want to talk about consensus building it's great for a sleep podcast you say, well i'd like to i'd like you to hear my point of view now and you say okay and that could always you can always kind of like dial those in and out you say well this one they're going to agree on seems pretty obvious this one i don't know if they're and then you say okay and then how are the real people playing the game influencing right like uh Like, sometimes you're not going to want to build consensus because you're – or the DM might say, well, uh, I'm going to – like, you know, we're human beings or or this idea is like – it's not making it realistic. It's making it relatable. So, I don't know. Those all offered opportunities. And then it was like – like managing the, the the different parts of the adventure, which was fun from like a world building perspective, a writing perspective of like taking what was there. I and mean, I guess I could close out with like just imagining. So I did try to imagine what would how would they redo Tomorrowland in Disney World realistically if they were really going to redo it uh, in this current like in you know in the, the what do we call this 2020s or whatever. Because you'd say, okay, like a lot of times the reboots have been all or nothing, right? They said, okay, we're going to do this vision of the future or this vision of the vision of the future. So my idea was this is all like it's a celebration, like it was like a role-playing world. I don't know if this came across because I didn't have a a total amount of time. But like the idea would be that it's a Tomorrowland that's a role-playing place. So... The Tomorrowland is people playing a role, like, like, like um, let's see if I can explain it. Like, the idea is that that area of the park becomes a place to celebrate different visions of tomorrow. And maybe it's in the future, too, like, wink, wink. Like, uh, and so there's, like, Streetmosphere players, like, playing people, like, playing a role, celebrating. Or or are they? Like, that part could become more gray, like you say okay, these are the people that love the Victorian steampunk future and they have a pavilion dedicated to it and they're even, like, trying to get you to come or get you to eat their snacks, to have the steam-driven corn or whatever. And then, the, like, there's a the corporate dystopia, there's the anti-dystopia, you know, like, and uh, that it would be, like, each attraction. And then the Progress Tower was like, oh, this is kind of the Disney-esque, uh, ultra-modern version of the future, Space Mountain would be kind of rethemed to a funky, fun future. I didn't get to the other side of the park because it definitely, they're making that Tron ride and then the Autotopia, you'd have to redo those somehow. But I also thought about it like uh, this one, they would use the characters from Carousel Progress would be part of the queue for these different things. And that would have been the new big thing they would build. It's like a hotel with three attractions built into it. So you'd finally get a hotel in the theme park. Super expensive probably, but, you know, that's how they build that stuff anyway. And I thought that would just be interesting also that it's like, oh, they never got this. This was a reboot of the Tomorrowland that the future passed by. They didn't even finish re-theming it before times changed and theme parks were no longer a thing so yeah i think that's it for me i'm going to turn it over to the game players and see like uh, what their thoughts are and stuff uh but yeah appreciate you uh listen the season so far thanks all right everybody come on let's uh sit down because i have this scheduled uh, i have our time scheduled a little differently this week uh so, to do a debrief, and I just wanted to say up front, I really appreciate everybody's uh, involvement with this game, your patience with me. This is my first time DMing. Your enthusiasm really came through in a way that felt authentic to me. But maybe, you know, I, w- I want to do a debrief uh, to just talk about how it went for everybody. And, uh, hopefully we could play and, you know, do another campaign one day soon, but I really enjoyed it. Um, it really feel like my connection, uh, to her is stronger now and thinking about, I don't know, I really have been doing a lot of thinking I know, interpersonally personally, this game like it offered us a lot of chances for development, or at least I did, because I felt challenged at times. And there were times I had to go and I said talk to some people outside of the game and say, "Hey, what do you think I should do about this?" Uh, and they said, "Well, isn't the game supposed to be fun? Did you forget you're supposed to have fun and the players are supposed to?" And I said, "Oh yeah, you're right. I forgot about that and all the all the prep and stuff." Uh, so I just wanted to take a few minutes, and then you know we'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll uh, we won't go our separate ways. I hope I hope we're gonna go do something right. Uh, so that should be fun. So thanks everybody, uh, and yeah, I don't know if anybody wants to take go ahead. Uh, should we stay in roles, or how do you feel? Uh, yeah, this is Eleanor. I'm happy to stay as Eleanor. So I kind of like uh, processing where we're at because I think as characters we we could have the interpersonal thing you know in our uh, where, where we go out private you know where we go out together as a group and this could be the debrief for the game and the play the characters maybe you know I'm sitting here uh, and I've been thinking about uh, Wada and Darmok and. Uh, you know, especially with my newfound, I, I appreciate what you said because my newfound connection to the three Florences and hearing and then starting to study so, some of the uh, Dharma, what, what uh, like uh, Granada of Dharma I believed, is uh, I, I feel like I have a new level because the three Florences are not intimidated by the idea of my belief system expanding. And so, yeah, I mean, I would say that Shaka, when the walls fell, uh, and, uh, you know, I think about Tanagra now, but uh, so that's one thing is thinking about how well that, how that and then Wada being in another magical realm and already having a friend at least with with the CC and the steam beings You know, as a player, I'm comfortable with uh, what happened with the Wizards. uh, They seemed to have been too tempted by the access to a magical realm to another world uh, that, uh, you know, they stepped too far, clearly, uh, you know, out of their lane. And uh, I believe that they were up to something and they were going to try to take the staff from us and use it to try to control the portal, which would have failed. I think now with the remaining members of our party, we have to decide, like at least even in the interim, uh, like w- I, I've, I've thought about it and I'm happy to discuss it with uh, Zell and Lord Von Schill, his, uh is like uh, where we're going to store it. I think we should put the gem somewhere and I have an opinion about it maybe we discussed it last week and that then we should dedicate ourselves to exploring as adventurers in the idea of keeping the the, the gem safe we don't know if it, the, the portal could ever be broken out of the the gem But I think that that, that's what I see our role as, exploring, learning to live together or separately, because we really haven't figured that out. Uh, And We had these discussions, the Lord Von Chill, you know, really impacted me of saying, well, what if we put aside our notions of what relationships should be or even what we feel inside and say, well, like... uh, like, what does that mean, that expanded idea, especially now that it is the three of us, uh, like, what is it, what would the three of us look like in an comfortable way in this world? I mean, just in this world, like, where where would we, would we keep moving? Would we camp? Would we establish our own home homesteads? I think we should probably each establish our own private area for retreat and rest at, at times. Uh, but those are my thoughts. Oh, as far as, uh, you know, with those thoughts being, if this adventure was only a pastime, like years from now, when I look back at this adventure with the perspective of uh, my entire lifetime, I would say this was a very enjoyable adventure that, uh, I was surprised at every turn because uh, this was something I just hadn't—adventure hadn't been on before. It was—we uh, got to go in those uh, happy—handy hall, halls. We, you know, I rest- I lost my link to the Florences. I never knew that I could even—I ha- mean, I knew I could have some distance from them. But I was able to reconnect with the three Florences and, you know, get my, my connection to their, you know, spiritual power back. And you know, I'm interested to see what the rest of this theme park uh, is like. And it, that in my understanding is, it's very large, like the size of a large city, as far as the land goes. So I guess those are my thoughts, uh, Lord Von Chill, You seem to be uh, looking and thinking too. Uh, yes, thank you, uh, Eleanor you know, i am I'm still quiet and subdued because uh, you know i've long, you know i am still coming to terms with this is where we'll be and i think it, you, you know and i've learned a lot from 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 zell and eleanor and even watson and Granada of Darmok. and the forces that drove this adventure have taught me many things and it is this idea of what I wanted and what how I thought, you know, as Lord von Chill, my manner, my state, uh, all the more things I could achieve in my lifetime, my legacy, my family's legacy—all those things are now not an option, seemingly. And will anyone know the the, the the and I guess it's not important to me that that actually is soothing I say will anyone know you know what we did what we did here uh probably maybe not, and maybe that's okay and is this an i i've been set out on an une- what could be more adventuring than an unexpected adventure? So in some sense, I'm am thrilled, but and uh, you know I'm also not thrilled. You know at the same time. So you know I need to come to terms with that. Losing, of course, uh, Granat of Darmok, uh, not a sidekick to me. Uh, like much more deeper than that, and and. Um, you know, like I've lost part of myself, which I guess, and then I say, well, this is, so this is a new beginning for me. And many, many way, way more ways than one, I'm, I'm wondering what it'll be like. I feel like a child again. And I say, well, maybe I could be grateful for that opportunity. And then think about WADA and CC and every, like, it, was any of that real? I also have this ominous feeling, you know, when we looked out at that tower. Technically, I guess that tower is outside not just of the, the, this this immediate theme park within a theme park complex. It may be outside. Like, is that sealed off or not? Uh, and I know we've speculated about it, and we're not sure. And when we look out on the horizon that maybe there's even another tower further in the distance, uh so I'd like to adventure there, and, and I'd like to check out the uh, the boundaries of our territory. Maybe we could do that first, maybe not. I don't know. We could talk about that, uh, or maybe have a time of, you know, solitude and, and retreat, as you pointed out in some sense, uh, Eleanor. Uh, so those are my immediate thoughts. I'm proud to be uh associated with, uh, the two of you and, and our other companions. And, yeah, looking back, I've never been on an adventure, you know, like, I've never been on an adventure like this. You know, Eleanor, you weren't there for the first part, uh, where the adventure already became un- unexpected. You know, we went to the town outside of the theme park, the last rem- remnants of, uh, you know, like like a, you know, where we could get supplies and gather information, and you weren't here for that. Uh, and then our journey into the park—it was another. We and those were where we started to lose. We lost some players there, or adventurers. Uh, and I think part of it was uh, this was a new experience for the person behind the scenes, the the wizard of of of, but uh, behind the scenes with this adventure. Some people just weren't willing to let somebody grow. But, I mean, I think it was also maybe who said, well, if you're not here to have fun, then maybe you shouldn't be here. Uh, if you're not here for an adventure, what are you here for? And so then you joined our party, Eleanor, and I'm very grateful for that, uh And, you know, we haven't had too many direct challenges, but some indirect ones. And, you know, I'm still trying to come to an understanding of what it means to be a Florentian nurse and uh, live under the three Florences. Some of it sounds very intriguing to me. So I hope to learn more over time. And I guess I look back at our adventure. We say, okay, so we started out uh, when Eleanor joined us. And the venture felt small, you know. Uh, we were just checking out that one building, and we talked to that robot thingamajig, the, the the curry bot, and then we had to get rid of those plush gators, and then we had to deal with Skippy and the be you know that other animatronic, that big animatronic, and that wasn't you know we we really grow grew our skills and then we went into the steam we got some rest with the steam genie and they saw the steam giant would become uh would come back in our adventure we never saw a steam genie again or did we do did we, do did we, did we find any parts of the steam genie i can't remember uh but uh it's cool that was quite an adventure as well uh uh, and then heading into, the, what was it, Buzz Tomorrow and the Emperor and the little, little green people and uh, and and we're going through that. And, and then that was when we started to have some, uh, it was like the part part way in, were we fully in the adventure? Because, you know, you lost your power. Zell lost her trust in Wada, understandably, Zell, you know. And then we... Uh, we got through that one, and we went into. But there was some close ones in there, right? Because you couldn't even heal us. Uh, we're in the handy halls. Maybe we could. Is there? I wonder if there's more handy halls we could check out. Uh, but I don't want us to get distracted. But that's cool. We danced with those uh, animatronic. We we did. We met a lot of great animatronics. Then we left it there. And it was, that's when the steam giant was in a new place, or I don't can't remember. Then we snuck around, and then we met that family, the Carousel of Tomorrow family. And some of them worked with us, and some of them did not. And we went up to Progress Tower. That's another. Uh, Not a, like, it wasn't even our main adventure, but we had to deal with that. That was another wizard up to troublemaking for us. I wonder if that wizard was associated with the other wizards or not. uh, and, uh, then we, we, because of Wada, that was the first time in any adventure I'd ever been transported, like, uh, like where we all fell asleep and then we got moved and I said, well, they they should do that more often. And so I liked, I really liked that because that was surprising. And it was was a little bit different having the DM play a character that was nearly a main character, but I think, wow, was Wada fully fleshed out. Mostly. I mean, it was good that Wada was quiet, uh, but pow- but I felt I could feel I could feel the looks on Wada's face a lot of times, especially when Wada was focusing on magic. So yeah, there's those things. Uh, then we got out of progress tower. Then we were trying to figure out the steam giant. Then now this is the one that kind of sticks with me, and in, in says uh, this is going to be quite the adventure because those beings we dealt with and the the veteran and and those other beings. Uh, that was a challenge, a pretty big challenge, right? And and we had to get through that. But th- they were saying they were part of another group, uh, and they were supposed to go, and they had those flares, uh, that we still have with us somewhere. So I have a feeling that, uh, you know, resting easy will not be, you know, that we should be aware, but not, you know, now, this is a large park, and I think we have uh, some advantages. Yeah, I agree that I guess we should come up with a general plan for rest for now. You know, what's next, but our current what's next is to yeah figure out how are we going to best protect that gem, and uh, what what shall we do for that, and then... You know how shall we live? We'll, we'll be discovering every each day at a time. Uh, but overall, I I can't. And then oh yeah, and we met those. Dan- I would like to. I wish I would have seen that attraction with the dancing goof uh, teaching. You know, peace through dance. And I guess I'm ready for a new start. And like I said, maybe things don't go the way I want them to or expect them to. But maybe that's part of my adventure is saying, well, can you be okay with that? But I'd also ask that if I'm taking risks, uh, that other people take a risk to say, well, let's just see what's, uh, you know, let's find our comfort zone, but let's uh, find the edges of our comfort zone too, you know, as we relate to one another. So that's, I guess, that's all I have to. I mean, I mean what, wow, what a, what a time! I'm, I'm so happy. Uh, uh, but Zell, what do you have to say about things? You've been our leader, and you know, not a, you know, not a leader by uh attitude, but a leader in uh, you've led by leading. We probably already said that. Uh, go ahead, Zell. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I can't say much more. I have to be honest, like, uh, like, uh, maybe I don't have the space right now for WADA and Granada because of, I think what you, you both have pointed out is what are we going to, do? and I have an idea. So I'll, I guess I'll run my plan by both of you because I think you yeah, separating the staff, uh, uh, back into two pieces and then taking the gem should be our primary purpose. But I think we already have the conditions for that. Uh, we have the, the um, whatever it was called, the Space Mountain Dance-Off or whatever. And, you know, up on top there are those um, poles that already had lights for flying things. I was thinking we could put the gem I'm pretty sure we could put the gem inside of one of those lights up on the top. And I say that for a few reasons. I think that building is already already still, and I think we could probably talk to the guardians of that building that will be there. We could see if we could get that wizard back because that wizard left, uh, but where did that wizard go? So that's one thing. And if the wizards sworn to protect magic at all costs and the spectators and the other floaty floats, uh, and then, you know, maybe we'll have to learn some of Granada's skills to, to reinforce some things. And if we could teach that wizard to use the flares or set some kind of thing up with the flares or something like that, then wherever we are, like if something somehow knew, like there's not really a chance of that, but if something knew that the gem was there, then we would know that they're going there and we could get back uh But it'd be really hard to get to and really unlikely to say, well, let me go on the." I mean, I can see someone saying, let's go on top of that mountain. So we'd have to go like, uh, but as opposed to hiding it somewhere else, uh, that's somewhere, uh, hiding it in plain sight, but hiding it somewhere where we could most of the time know, like maybe there's even something we could do that it's like, oh, we noticed something changed up there, even if it's flags or something flying that someone would probably disturb if they were disturbing things. We don't want to call attention to it, though, either. But that's what I would think, is that uh, if it was up there in a fairly protected building anyway, that we could reinforce uh, and keep people out of. I mean, the steam giant's still functioning, too. So the steam giant, could we can probably repair the steam giant, maybe. And, yeah, then that's kind of part of our mission. So that's one thing. And then I agree. I think, I guess I agree with Lord Von Chill that, uh, and Eleanor, maybe we take some time, you know, we rest, we we have separate areas of rest and retreat. We can work in shifts and t- together, but we also have a together space inside of uh, Disco Space Mountain or whatever it was called. And... You know, as we're working, uh, you know, we're, we're also taking time to re- recover from this, you know, quite quite, a, uh, quite an intense adventure we were on. And we're trying to figure out our relationship between the three of us, which will take some figuring out. Uh, like, uh, you know, how do we keep this adventure? Will we encounter anyone else that adventures with us? But I think resting and then exploring the boundaries is probably a good idea because then we kind of know what we're dealing with. That could take quite some time. So we'll have to come up. But then we could start, you know, we could find as much map material that exists and use that and and, uh, really do some mapping. So I think that would be important. I mean, the other big question is... And this is why i'm I'm trying to stay open minded is okay, we do have that other party or and there may be other other parties or other wizards here, so we should keep that in mind, but also this like the 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 effects of the portal that we've already witnessed like how much of that was portal open specific versus how much of it leaked into the park and became a part of the park. Also, I'm having the experience of uh the steam spirits being even though we can't see them. I don't know if anybody else is having this experience, or maybe I'm the only one feeling it of like that they are like uh child like uh and that maybe the protectiveness of the portal for the two of you is like uh, infantile infantile's a wrong word Childlike is not doesn't quite answer it either. Yeah, Zell, this is Eleanor. I'm having the same experience. I just couldn't put it to words. I I was feeling it. Uh, Lord Van Chill, I know what you mean. I guess I was feeling protective uh, like that, like stepping in front of someone and saying, whoa, you know, stand behind me because I could be in the way. So maybe that's another part of our adventure, our mission, is, uh, but it was also something we need to learn more about. Yeah, I think it's something we could learn more about. Maybe we could find a way to communicate. I don't know, can we or not? Uh, I'm asking that out loud in case the steam beings wanted to answer us, or the, like, but they haven't. Uh, I mean, overall, I'm really impressed because, uh, in my opinion, the adventure. Has allowed us to become us uh, as a party and as individual adventurers. And when I look at the progression of our characters, while we could have progressed more, or but the challenges created challenges within our party, which I think is uh, like uh, really impressive. And when you think about our all our individual backstories, um. I think we've all I mean, Lord Von Chill and I mean holy moly, your entire backstory. But even mine of like uh you know, I you know, I had goals as a as a person, uh to, 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 to take what I had earned adventuring and open you know, I had these uh hopes and dreams too. You know, and I mean, and more vague ones of just adventuring, and you know, bring, you know, bringing justice and uh, equality and dignity and respect to communities. But uh, so it's like, okay, well, maybe some of those broader values could take place here. But to have an adventure that, uh, and then Eleanor, I feel like we're still getting to know you. And then, yeah, like Granada's influence on all of us and Wada's influence. Uh, I, I think it was a good adventure. And then, uh, yeah, I think, I, I mean, I, there was times I didn't have fun, but maybe that was also uh, or, or, or times I was impatient and thinking, you know, thinking. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, like I said, we'll have to explore how we're all going to get through this uh but uh I mean I'm looking forward to our next adventure, but also our adventure as a group, and that just doesn't include a group of three. Like it includes a group of four friends, uh whatever the other inner in, inter, inter, interpersonal relationships might be. A group of four friends that have gotten to f uh, have just started out on the journey of friendship together and started to see one another. In a way, it says, "Hey, wow! You really put a lot of work into this adventure. Wow! You really ch- was, you gave up a lot, and maybe it was a uh, part of the story, and you didn't have a choice, but you did have a choice. Uh, so I don't know. I'm I'm happy, and I'm happy to be with all of you, and happy to hang out. Now we're going to go out dancing. Like uh, to, to uh, like I can't believe the, the DM some breaking character. I guess." But I think I love the idea that we're gonna go out dancing together. So, so this way, it's like uh, seventy. It has each thirty minutes. It changes kind of themes. So we will be like dancing goof, uh, and I can't wait to like. Would everybody bring something to change it? Great. So we'll change into stuff. And we'll have, like, peace and depth of our relationships through dance. So I'm really excited. I'm really appreciative. Maybe we could all lie down, though, and just close our eyes and rest before we go out dancing and just get comfortable and say, okay. And embracing one another in the spirit of friendship and kindness, uh, love and dignity and respect. uh, And say, you know, Temba and, and Shaka, when the walls fell, Uh, and, and everything that I can't quite remember. Uh, yeah, let's rest.